You're listening to a podcast by the Center for Action and Contemplation. To learn more, visit cac.org. Greetings. Uh, I'm Jim Finley. And I'm Kirsten Oates. Welcome to Turning to the Mystics. Welcome, everyone, to Turning to the Mystics. I'm here with Jim and... We're going to have a special episode where Jim is going to coach me in and guide me in implementing the Lexio practice that he's been teaching from Guigo II. And we're going to be using the podcast as a kind of audio Lexio and uh, as an invitation for you to use the podcast in that way going forward. Thank you for being here, Jim. Yes, yes. I'm glad we're doing this. The idea, and Chris and I kind of talking about this, is that how, how it might be helpful, instead of just thinking of it as listening to me quote a mystic like Guigo, and then comment on Guigo, and comment on Guigo's insights of how to do Lexio. Instead, you'd be listening to the actual podcast as the Lexio. That is how to listen to the podcast as your Lexio Divino. Since Lexio, Lexio is Latin for read. So it's like your audio Divina. You're like, like contemplative listening. And Chris and I will do back and forth and we'll model that for you as things that come up within her on phrasings or whatever. And so it'll help you to model how it might go on within you, how to write off on it or personalize it for yourself. And um, and I'd like to begin then with an initial um, thought that how you listen to these sessions that we have here together with the mystics is, is, of course, is preeminently personal. It's what's most natural and meaningful to you. And so for you, it might just be listening to them while you're out taking a walk or you're going to bed at night or to sit quietly and to just listen that way you're already doing Lexio because there's a kind of uh, attentive listening to it. And you're also doing meditatio in the sense, quite naturally, you'd be interiorly just reflecting on something. Like you hear a certain phrase or, gosh, I never thought it that way before. And you reflect on it. And you, I say, uh, God, for the grace to be faithful to this and so on. But we want to look at here is, let's say you want to go more deeply into it. Let's say you want to get into it in a more kind of substantial, broad-based way that Guigo has in mind. And that's what we're going to be exploring here, how to do that. And I'd like to begin then uh, with, with some practical points about our practice, about a daily practice and so on. And then we'll, we'll do the dialogue with Kirsten on taking a text and number of texts and so on. First of all, real basic things. One is intention. That your intention is to set aside some time each day to deepen your experience and your understanding and response to God's presence in your life. That's your like purity of intention, like this. And um, and also knowing that. Um, it isn't enough to just simply in passing um, to sense that desire in your life. 
is necessary to set aside some time devoted to this. It's like a day, like a like a rendezvous, and it, and therefore it's a habit that's cultivated in a practice. Like, how does a poet become a poet, or how does an artist become an artist? You have to commit yourself to the craft to get into the poetic mind, into the artistic mind, and so. It's the same with this. And so it would be uh, something that you would do each day, if possible, some maybe twice a day. Uh, a, a practical time for people is often, say, for 20 minutes, because it's short enough to be practical. You can do that. But it's long enough to begin to settle into meditative mind. If you're prompted and can do longer, you would do longer. You would go with the flow of the givens. You would meditate at the time of day. Your practice, your time with God, would be the time that you're most naturally alert or rested. But you go with the flow with what the realities of your life allow. You know, you're always working with your circumstance to do this. Next, um, the, um, the place you meditate anywhere. But it's very helpful also to say in your home, like the place where you sit for this daily rendezvous with God. You can also have different postures like yoga, postures you can meditate lying down, so on. But most of the time you'd be sitting in a chair with your back straight, both feet flat on the floor. And so you're sitting still, you're sitting straight, and you're sitting in the place that you go to each day to be with God for meditation and prayer. If you want to have some sacred symbols there, based on your tradition, a crucifix, an icon, the, the scriptures might be there, a burning candle, a, a stone or something from outdoors. But there's a certain kind of configuration or simplicity to the place. It embodies what you're sitting there for in that place at that time to be with God. And also, I would say lastly here, to be patient with yourself. Because this cultivation of this, this meditative mind, because it's subtle, it takes time to learn how to put all the busyness of the day behind you and to commit yourself to, to kind of a sustained subtlety or sustained sincerity or sustained delicacy of mind and be patient with yourself, and sense that your patience with yourself is you're echoing God's infinite patience with you. And um, you're learning to slow down and accept yourself as you are, that you might become ever more present in the presence of God. And so with these considerations like this in mind then, we can turn to Guigo, to the uh, podcast, in passages, and Kirsten and I together will walk through in dialogue to see if it helps you get more kind of practical grounding points for yourself in your own practice. So Kirsten, um, however you would like to begin this, on kind of where you are with this, and mm -hmm. just like this, yes. That's great, thank you for that introduction, Jim. What I thought I, I'd um, ask you to help me with is just stepping through the four rungs. Mm -hmm. So I have been listening to this season and I noticed that I was very struck by uh, something that was said in session one, something you, you said in session one. And the way I experienced that, Jim, is it, 
it just kept coming up for me, the, the, the words that I heard, and I, I can go over the words. Um, so let me, let me read the words and then I'll share how I experienced this as a communication to, from God to me, like God trying to, mm-hmm. trying to share yeah. something with me. So uh, at session, in session one, at the beginning, you talk about what, what matters most is to come to our place of prayer and then you mention a quote from Thomas Merton from a, a talk on prayer that he gave to the novices. And this, this is the quote. I've, I've written it down. The way we would begin in prayer is that we belong to God and all the prayer starts and unfolds out of that knowing that we belong to God. We are trying to get past the topic of prayer to this deep experience that we belong to God. We are God's beloved. Renewing our faith that we are sitting there in God's presence, God is all about us and within us, closer to us than we are to ourselves. And so those words kept coming up to me. I was drawn to, I, I felt very moved by them when I listened to that session and then I kept coming back to them. Um, and where they spoke initially to me is I would come to my, I do have a more, uh, daily practice, a 20-minute daily practice in the mornings, and uh, I would come to begin my practice. And initially <laughs> it would happen halfway in the practice or at the end of the practice, <laughs> but I'd remember these words about mm-hmm. setting this kind of intention. And so initially uh, it was more of like a criticism of myself would arise, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, you really don't take a pause and um, and start with that knowing. And, uh, you know, I can be a bit performative and kind of get into my practice like a task, you know, 20 minutes, yeah. letting go, letting go, letting go. Yeah. And um, so initially it was coming to me as kind of a noticing after the fact. And then, but, but, uh, yeah, so is that my Lexio? Like, is that God? Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's very good. Let's say, first of all, I think an insight here is, say if there's like the cultivation of an intimate relationship with somebody, and that ongoing relationship is very meaningful to you. But we're talking here now, but there's also a relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. That is, there's a relationship to your own understanding of your understanding, of your own mind, of your own attitude. Like the reflective self observes itself. And not only that, the the self in relationship to itself in relationship to God. So you're sitting there kind of reflectively being aware of your awareness. And what are you aware of? And this is how it usually starts, you would be listening to the podcast, listening to the words, mm-hmm. Guico, kind. and what you're listening for is something that strikes you mm-hmm. in a certain way. Mm-hmm. The very fact that strikes you is kind of the instantaneity or the instancy of Lexio, like it's already started because something in you heard it. Yes. See? And, so, and then you heard something that you intuit is actually, your heart knows it's true. And your heart also knows it's immensely beautiful. And your heart also knows that if only you could be habitually stabilized in the deep knowledge that you belong to God, see, um, 
you would be finding this inner peace that these mystics are trying to help us find. Mm -hmm. And so you listen to it, and the very fact it strikes you is itself the gift. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like God within you awakening you that it's really true you do belong to God. So God's awakening you to the fact that you belong to God. Mm -hmm. And so you sit there like this, and as you're sitting there to deepen this beautiful thought, you drift off into this and that, and you kind of forget or get disconnected mm -hmm. and from the very fact that you're sitting here in the presence of God to whom you belong. <laughs> yes. And then you notice that you slipped away, then you start critiquing yourself for slipping away, and maybe you really don't believe that you belong to God, or it's so fragile, the least little, all it takes is a, least little thing and yes. I mean, where did belonging to God go? Yes. You know, you belong to the circumstance. You belong to your own self-criticism. Mm -hmm. And and actually that's this is the realm meditation takes place in. And now let me share an insight that helps me when this comes up for me. And I'm gonna say it I wanna say it this is and by the way, we're doing a meditation now, you and I, because we're meditating on the experience of Lexio. Mm. And we're meditating on slipping out of the Lexio. Yes. And we're reflecting on that. And we're reflecting on it in the presence of God. See? And so here's some thoughts. Here'd be some thoughts. I'm going to say it all as if I was going through this too. You know, here I go again, slipping off. This happens a lot with me, Lord, as you know. And now the meditation is also a prayer because then I'm talking to God. But you know what? No matter how many times I slip away, it in no way whatsoever diminishes how deeply I belong to you. I don't belong to you because I can consistently measure up to being consistent enough so that I deserve to belong to you. I belong to you even before I was born, I belong to you, hidden with Christ and God forever. I belong to you through and through and through and through. I'm yours. And so what I'm trying to do maybe here actually is knowing that to belong to you is to really put myself in your hands and to hand myself over to you as you lovingly accept how I keep slipping away from the awareness that I belong to you. And this has a nice ring to me when I look at it this way, mm -hmm. see, and like frees me up from a self-centered kind of achievement mm. task to a kind of a receptivity to the grace of it all. Yeah. How the consistency of belonging mm. to you. Does that, that help you how, see that? Yeah, yeah, so that would be the, the meditatio where I'm talking to God, in talking back to God. You've revealed this in my heart that I long to know I belong to you. I long to start every practice in a way that I belong to you, and uh, but where I've gone with it is to criticize myself. So how can I hand over to you uh, this teaching of belonging, this experience of belonging? And that's, and uh, that's exactly right. And that would be the prayer. See, help me, help me with this because I can't live with an habitual knowledge that I belong to you unless you help me to know in my heart that I belong to you. Mm. See. And a peace is not dependent on how I'm doing, you know, that I'm not getting there soon enough. And here's another thought to think who comes up. See, I offered this response to what you said. Mm -hmm. So where did that come from? <laughs> See, someone might say, wow, I wish I had thoughts like that. You know what I'm saying there. And so this is where I meant by patience. Mm. Because if we really listen to the Gospels, if we listen to the mystics, if we listen to ourselves, 
if we're attentive, if you notice, we're learning things. Mm. We're learning things. And we, little by little by little, the consistency of the willingness to start over, return back to the first rung of the ladder, to walk the walk and listen. Little by little, these more gracious or generous understandings of ourselves in the presence of God, it grows, which is the lexio. Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, it's kind of, we're more in, in attunement with, with this. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's so helpful. Thank you. I have a question then. So uh, if I experienced God speaking to me, I was so struck when I heard those words and then every day the words would come to me, even not listening to the podcast. So it was really striking to me. So that's God speaking to me. And then yeah. uh, in, in the meditation, I'm speaking back to God in the ways we've talked about um, and the prayer, my desire for God to help me to be stabilized in this sense of belonging. What about the contemplation? What, what do I do next now I've, I've gone through those three rungs? Yes. Let's say these three rungs, um, like the angels ascending and descending on the ladder, is uh, we develop this habit of going up and down the rungs of this ladder like this. And um, we might journal, we might whatever. Another thing I'd like to share in the meditation part, meditation part, something that helps me, and this is personal too, is to uh, journal this. So you would take something, for example, uh, you know, I belong to you, mm -hmm. see, could be your word. And you might hold on to that word for years. That might be your starting place always. And you're kind of deep and deep and you extend your repertoire of words. So what helps me to do this is, is to take the podcast, for example, if I was going to use the podcast. And I would listen and say, I would write out, say words like you just said. Mm -hmm. I'd write it out. Then I would put a box on the paper. And on the box on the paper, I would say, how have I or how am I understanding and experiencing these words? See, how have I experienced them? See, because although I might need to grow in it, they're not foreign to me. By the very fact, I'm so drawn to them. Mm -hmm. See. So how have I and how am I? And put it in your own words. How you do this like this is like a meditatio. Next. Um, what's it asking out of me? See, there was if I belong to you, and you, you brought it up yourself, you discovered it's like psychotherapy with God. Mm -hmm. right? See, if I if I belong to you, I, I guess what I without I never realized it before. But I'm actually assuming that the fact I keep forgetting I belong to you must mean when I'm forgetting it, I don't belong to you. But what if I always belong to you? Always, 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 always. So belonging to you must mean trusting you. Knowing you see me as the one who belongs to you. See, always. And with your help, I'm becoming more and more consistent in it. It's asking me to con constancy mm -hmm. in that. And then my my and then uh, and then the 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 third the third box would be, uh, how's that going? See? How's it going? Where am I at with myself in your presence? Is it? So what I find for me uh, to write it out like that. Mm -hmm. 
Maybe it's because I write. <laughs> Some people wouldn't write it out. And uh, those three boxes, because you're really, you're signing off on it. You're personalizing it and carrying it around with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So say those are the first three rungs. You go up and down. And another thing you said is very important. You can tell this is getting to you because it comes to you during the day. Mm-hmm. See, that's what you're looking for. See, so in a way, you could be driving in your car, you could be whatever, going down a hallway, and there's this like more stabilized interiority of everything. See, because when you stop to think about it, the the dialogue you're going to have with someone, or the meeting with someone, or the doing the dishes, everything is the context in which you belong to God while you're doing the dishes. It's the context you belong to God when you're with this, when you're facing this situation. And that's what you're looking for, is habituating the latter, like an, inter- like an interior reference point. And when you get reactive, you can tell you've fallen off the ladder. Mm-hmm. You can tell. And the sooner you realize it and can interiorly circle back around and get back on the ladder again, that's to be grounded that God, as confusing as the moment is, I belong to God in the midst of my confusion. I belong to God in the midst. I'm going to do my best to see this through mm-hmm. and knowing God's helping me and God's with me and so on. So there's that. And then that brings us then to contemplation to the fourth. Um, so you would take a text. You would take one of the words that I said, or we'd quote, we go on contemplation. He said, and, um, do you have one, or do you want me? Do you want me to offer one? Well, we're using the "I belong to God." We, we'll yeah. stick with uh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, I see. Yes, just stick with that one. Yes, with contemplation also. Yes. So let's say your uh, you "I belong to God" is your like your word. Yeah. And you're going up and down the ladder. You could spend your whole life that you you'll never exhaust belonging to God because it's inexhaustible. You could be on your deathbed, remind yourself that you belong to God. Mm-hmm which isn't a bad way to die, actually. <laughs> it makes it crystal clear that you do. <laughs> the final Lexio. Yeah, the final Lexio. You, you find you really do belong to God. <laughs> yeah, wow. It's, it's really true. And uh, so, so, so let's say this is your word, this is your word, this is your word. So let's say uh, on the latter person, is there's a, the deepening of a quiet desire for an ever deeper experiential groundedness and belonging. Uh, it's, it's, it's the end of fear. So contemplation then is this. It would be a moment in which you're graced with a taste or a flash of the belonging that's unexplainably self-evident. It's no longer something to ask for. See, it's no longer something to think about. It's somehow belonging to God are the words that express what's happening to you. Mm. It's you're experientially realizing what's ultimately true about every moment of your life, and you're unexplainably resting in the wordless clarity of communal belonging would be contemplation, like that. And this this realization, it, it might be quite vivid, actually. It might be quite striking. Um, it can happen. But very often, 
it's it's very very subtle. Like if you weren't careful, you would have missed it. Mm. But that's that's what's happened is that practicing going up and down the rungs of the ladder is achieving its work. Mm. It's sensitizing you to this realization of a belonging. And by the way, then in the belonging, like you were saying, it's a belonging in which you and God mutually disappear as other than each other, see? Because you are the one that God created as the one God gives himself, herself to, as the beloved self, donating presence as your very presence. And you in realizing that, the reciprocity of love you give yourself to the God to whom you belong, see? And because in a way you're saying that God belongs, it isn't just that you belong to God, that God belongs to you. Mm. See? That God has entrusted himself or so to you. See, And so there's an, a kind of a holy, strange alliance or an affinity in love, a grace affinity in love of belonging. And it's that self-evident taste and the resting in the taste of the oneness. And then it would automatically just dissipate. It would just kind of go away. And as we were saying, and then that's where you fall. I felt like falling slowly backwards in slow motion into what? Into the Lexio. I belong to you. But now it's different. Mm. See? Because now this, this simple sincerity of the words to God, I belong to you, just resonate deeply in having tasted the infinity of the belonging. It's right there. So even though you're not feeling that mystical fullness that you momentarily felt, it resonates within you, you know that it's true because you tasted it. Likewise, the meditation, reflecting on it, it's different. Because you tasted what's beyond conceptualizing, beyond figuring, beyond thinking, beyond thinking. And um, so it's more than enough. Like the totality of belonging is completely present as the lexio. Mm. It's completely present as the meditatio. It's completely present as the prayer, like the divinity of ordinariness of ourself. And then just when you least expect it again is the taste of the infinite belonging. Mm. You know, it's a granting. It's from God. So that's why it's received passively, like it happens to us. Mm -hmm. So the active part of, of contemplation of the belonging, the active part is preparing ourselves and doing the inner work of habituating ourselves on the ladder. The fruition is the passive part of the inner touch, which is really a foretaste of heaven. Mm. Because it's not mediated in a thought, it's not mediated in emotion, it's not mediated in an insight. It may spill over into thoughts. You may write them out. Where, where did Guigo's ladder come from? He says he was working out in the yard, and he said it suddenly came to me. He went in and wrote it out. Yeah, that's pretty good. And uh, and um, it spills over. But you know what spills over into thought is deeper than thought, mm. and you live in the deeper. And you know it may spill over into emotions. You may be moved by it, see? but it's deeper than emotions. You know? it's, it's a desire, but it's deeper than desire because in your heart, you know there's nothing missing, so there's nothing to desire. See? And, uh, and little by little, that, that descending mystical dimension starts permeating itself, itself with the rungs of the ladder. Mm. And I think this is contemplative character transformation. You know, this is a gradual kind of stabilizing in this unitive state. Yes. Which in our tradition is Christ consciousness. See, this is how Jesus lived. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
That's so helpful. So if I'm hearing you correctly, Jim, uh, I can stay active in the, uh, the Lexio, the Meditatio and the prayer as I feel called like a natural conversation with God. Mm. And then the Contemplatio will be a gift from God, a mm. grace gift when God chooses. True. And I might notice it as I'm, I, I'm suddenly s- stilled I, I'm, yeah, yeah, or sure. I might notice uh, later in the day after my Lexio that something feels a little different in my, my confidence of belonging or yes, that's, that's some, that's right. something that's, like that. That's exactly right. And another thing I think is so helpful here, I mean, this is very appealing to look at this, but the, ideally it would be asking for the grace for the habitual contemplative state, if it's God's will. But what we're really after to do God's will is holiness. And to do God's will is the acceptance of ourself as we are, mm. and God's present in our situation as we are, you know, with a loving heart. Mm-hmm. Because that's 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 efficacious unto holiness, mm-hmm. and then these enriched deepenings occur as the grace uh, as kind of a charism, or a gift that comes, because the extent to which you're called to and habituated in it is is God's working with you. Mm-hmm. This is why Teresa of Avila says that with, with regard to mystical contemplation, there are some people who never have it, mm-hmm. and they're, they're they're holier than those who do. Mm-hmm. So you can have it as a kind of a, a, a predisposition, or you can be more inclined to it. See? So, but when itself, when it does happen, if it actually becomes the enriched uh, interiority of your holiness, that is, it's the way providentially you're called to be holy by being in this contemplative state, which, and you know, the truth of it is measured by it's heightened your sensitivity to suffering, mm. to yours, to other people, to animals, to the earth. Mm-hmm. It, it radicalizes your presence to the situation. It, it, it doesn't distance you. It radicalizes you in this very paradoxical way. And it also unites you with the whole world, even when you're all alone. Even when you're sitting all alone, the whole world sits with you. You know, God sits with you. And you have those, you have those kind of sensibilities, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, that's really helpful. And Jim, I think what I'd like to do now then is go back through another coaching session because that phrase did deepen in me and I had uh, a like second conversation. So, I, And I'd like to use the journaling questions you offered as well just to, okay. to see if okay. it, I'm using those okay. correctly. So um, back down to the Lexio, uh, you know, another day of practice and uh, – the, the words keep coming back to me, like there's some, something about those words. In my sitting yeah. throughout the day, they're still coming back to me. And uh, the, the, the next thing I feel like I'm hearing in the Lexio is if I really believed I belong to God, how's that showing up in my relationships? And in particular, when, when there's a conflict, because I, I struggle a a little bit with conflict, and um, so so that was coming up for me. This sense of what what would having to address something challenging look like if I if I really belong to God. So if I use your questions now, Jim, to, to for the meditatio. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first question was, 
how have I or am I experience, experiencing what this is saying? Yeah, that you belong to God. So I'm, I'm experiencing it as I belong to God even in conflict. And that, that's, that's yeah. and ha- but how to, how to habituate in that sense of belonging in, yes. in conflict. That- very good. That's very. That's, that's your personal. That's your first box. I'll do my first box. Okay. I'll do mine. Same. Same quote. Same words. Well, I'm Sam journaling. I'm filling in the first box. Um, I have experienced it because when I was listening to the podcast and heard it, I was taken by it, mm. and so I did hear it. See, I that I heard it. I also heard it in that it stayed with me. Mm. And I heard it. And uh, I also think I heard it also in a certain way. The act of hearing it, I was somehow experiencing it. Mm-hmm. And, and I also, I think, in my heart, I, I knew it was true. And um, so I have, but I uh, also, in my meditation, reflecting on myself, uh, my being accessed, touched, and hearing it was disturbingly brief. Because what I find, what I find is, I, I'm one who hears it, but the constancy of the hearing, I have some work to do. Yes. I spend a lot of time not hearing. I would just note that. Yes. And But then I would say, I guess, but we were saying earlier, but if I belong to you, it doesn't diminish at all how infinitely I belong to you. See, but you're encouraging me or inspiring me to it would go like that. Yes. So that would be the first thing. That's how I have, uh, well, I jumped ahead because I do, like, what's it asking out of me? I've got to add a little bit there. Yes. So, that was, so let's do the next box. Yes. Um, so, the ne- the, so that the first box was how am I experiencing it? And I'd, and understand, I, and, and, and I'd understanding it. it too. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, And then the second box is, what is it asking out of me? Yes. And so I really jumped ahead to that box in what I shared firstly because it's asking me to look at how I uh, experiencing experience my belonging to you, God, during conflict. Do I do I lose touch with that? Do would I would I not be so afraid of conflict if I really knew I belonged to you. So it's asking me to look at the way I experience belonging in conflict in particular is what it felt like. I think that's really true. I'm going to share my box on that too, like in conflict. Um, see, my thought would be, I don't know necessarily if you're asking of me to be so habitually grounded in my awareness that I belong to you, that when I'm in conflict, I'm not really in conflict. Because I'm so grounded that I belong to it, what do I care? <laughs> All this goes, you know, you know, I'm yours either way. And so I, I just free as a bird. And so I think what happens is that we're still just ourself. You know, Thich Nhat Hanh says, you know, hello, habit energies. Mm-hmm. I'm just myself. But what it does do, I think, it contextualizes the conflict. Mm. I mean, it is conflict, and we engage in it, and they're psychologically appropriate and appropriate. It may touch certain wounded places inside you need to work on how to be more comfortable 
an appropriate conflict, which is a part of life. Yes. And knowing when it's inappropriate and how to set boundaries to that and how to, there's all of that. But so it gives us permission to have the whole range of emotions, like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, sweating blood tra trauma, you know, as, let this cup pass from me. And um, so, so I accept conflict as part of my life, and I know that I belong to you in my conflict, and I ask that you inspire me in my conflict to be clear-minded, to be so clear-minded that I say something that at least is attempting to help diminish the conflict or to resolve the conflict, mm -hmm. you know, that you will grace me with that in the midst of conflict, mm -hmm. like that. Yes. And then afterwards then, uh, or uh, another way to look at it too, I know if I meditate with you in the morning, you tell God. As I go through the day, I want to look ahead to the day. Where there may be certain moments where either loneliness or sadness or conflict will happen. And I ask that you be with me there. Mm. And to know that I belong to you in the midst of that. And, uh, and after the conflict is over, I'll circle back around and reconnect with you. And get reinstated again and how you were present there in the conflict. And also how I experience the conflict and what it teaches me about myself. Like lessons I still need to learn about myself. And um, so I, th that's how it would come to me. Yes, that's, that's beautiful. That, that's really, um, this is re really helping me going through this process. The, the last question is how does this apply to every moment of my life? Is that? Yeah, yeah, yes. And so where I've come from was being really touched by this Thomas Merton and you uh, telling, telling me I belong to God wanting to uh, keep, and I keep having those phrases come to me and then being being asked to look at uh, conflict in particular. So how does this apply to every moment in my life? Um, yeah, I think, I think it's this belonging is every moment of my life. And so yeah. it's, it's continuing. I feel like God help me continue to pursue you as the uh, the the place where I belong, um, but also to, to help me know that I already belong in all the moments where I I lose touch with that. Yes, yeah, very good. I thought yes. That's that's. I'll share more the way I would put it. Also, what it is mm -hmm. is uh, I was taken by the words uh, "I belong to you." You're telling God, and. Um, um, I've benefited so much in meditating on it and reflecting on it. But I think another way of looking at the belonging is that the belonging is a way of putting words to the naturalness of the moment when I'm just present. Mm. So I could be quietly sitting, looking out the window, but I'm looking out the window with an underlying sensitivity. The sitting looking out the window is the belonging. You know, the sun moving across the sky, me sitting in a chair in my own living room, my, that all of life is just a way of putting words to the true nature of every moment. You know? And also, as I move in and out of that naturalness of belonging, to know the consistency in which I infinitely belong to you in my wavering ways. And I, I move with the flow of myself. And it moves that way into kind of a habitual atmospheric kind of 
thing, yeah. I love that phrase, I move with the flow of myself. And my and like you said earlier, my habits, yeah. my thoughts, my emotions, I'm I'm moving with the flow of myself. That's that's beautiful. And then this flow of Lexio is helping to create uh, a certain kind of flow in our lives. That's right. And, and there's another thing to look at it this way too, when you look at how this implications of this. See, I move with the flow of myself. It also means there are certain moments I can tell I get triggered. Mm. And the flow of myself is uh, I get frightened. Mm -hmm. And so maybe what's happening, there's a reason to be concerned. On a scale of one to 10, it's about a two, I gotta be careful. But in my body, I feel an eight. And that's the flow of myself. But it's a flow of myself I need to tend to, do with your help, because mm -hmm. I probably have internalized a past thing. And when it gets triggered, my body responds. And so I'm always watching the places within myself of the gifts of myself, but also the internalized vulnerabilities of myself. Mm -hmm. I'm a work in progress on this learning curve to be awake and receptive and humble and open and honest and and that kind of thing. So it also means the flow of myself in that way also. Yes, yes. So after I've done that journaling, if I want to journal or, or kind of meditated on these questions, I turn to my prayer. And Jim, do you suggest, I guess if you're a journaler, you could journal or you could just do it spontaneously. Um, so my prayer out of this would be, uh, I'm so grateful for this desire around belonging. Like I feel, I feel so drawn to, uh, this experience of belonging to God. And I also feel drawn to see the whole world as belonging to God, to see, to see everyone and everything as belonging to God and to treat myself and everyone and everything as if they belong to God. And my prayer is that, God, you will deepen my experience of belonging so that uh, I can deepen my presence to others as, as offering belonging to, to everyone. Yes. Let's say, first of all, the meditatio part would be this kind of reflecting. Mm -hmm about belonging and um, the importance, the, the grace of seeing this, realizing this, and the depth of it and so on. And that would be the meditatio, that as you're reflectively, uh, you're reflecting upon within yourself what was given to you mm -hmm. and, and the quickening of the alexio. Mm -hmm. The prayer part would be your reflection would turn to where you would tell God this. So you're telling God or you're asking God who is the one who accessed your heart and experiential knowing that you belong to God, you would ask God to help you to deepen it. So I think the key to the prayer, the heart center, is this heartfelt exchange. It's like that little prayer we did with Thomas Merton, my Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. And the prayer is my Lord God. Mm. See, he's, we're listening in while he talks to God. Mm. See, is this prayer. So the meditation is kind of, is kind of pondering or reflecting in the presence of God, then the prayer is to talk to God. And that invites deeper lexio, which you then listen to God. 
you listen deeper, and it invites the contemplatio as this kind of wordless presence. Like you just, there's just kind of st this luminous stillness and uh, so on. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I feel a great benefit from going through this with you. Uh, a little vulnerable in sharing that that yeah. with everyone, but yes. uh, I hope I hope I I hope it's helpful, and uh, my my heart is hoping to help everyone, and I feel greatly supported by you, Jim, in in going through mm -hmm. that process. Well, I think you helped everyone listening because, in effect, what we were doing is having a session of spiritual direction with a lot of people listening in. <laughs> Because because unless we're willing to get personal with God, with ourselves, and it is a gift that you can have a director or someone you can talk to like this, because until it gets personal, it doesn't start. Mm. See, As long as you're distancing yourself with observations and underlying and putting little notes and so on, but until you move in real close, unless it gets personal, because then you're, you're not being who God wants you to be is the one who belongs to God. <laughs> you know, it's not a theory. You know, it's, it's, it's a conscious expression of the reality of yourself. And with, with no vulnerability and no humility, it doesn't happen. It only starts with that. So I thought it was great. It was good. I think it helps others to be the, do the same with Wonderful. themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's good. Thank you, Jim. And so the sure. invitation is to uh, use the podcast as an audio Lexio practice, if people want to, pausing to journal or pausing to reflect. And, uh, yes. and you actually have a, a, a time of quiet in the, in the uh, podcast where you ring the yes. bell and so yeah. that they could pause there and journal or yeah. pause yeah. there and reflect. And, and, and as, a, as a passing, th I mean, a way to end here, notice, notice that to get into the stream of this, notice that it's endless. Mm. See, it isn't like a task that you finish. You know, it's 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 just inexhaustibly inexhaustible. You just you just you, it's in the flow of like the the grace divinity of everything. It's becoming an habitual inner state of consciousness, see? and uh, and a transformative grace process. And that's really what it's about. Really, I think. Yeah. See? to deeply experience this, to live this and share it with others day by day as you're given to do so. Yeah. By how you're present to them and so on. Yeah. Well, what a gift to have these podcasts, Jim, and, and the deep flow that you've developed and the way the words come out invites us into that flow in, in a deep and meaningful way. So I, I'm so grateful for that and uh, look forward to uh, continuing on. Thank you. It's very lovely. Beautiful. Yeah. Thanks, Jim. Thank you for listening to this episode of Turning to the Mystics, a podcast created by the Center for Action and Contemplation. We're planning to do episodes that answer your questions. So if you have a question, please email us at podcasts at cac.org or send us a voicemail at cac.org forward slash voicemails. All of this information can be found in the show notes. We'll see you again soon.
Do you feel called to walk a more contemplative path? The Center for Action and Contemplation is an educational nonprofit supporting the journey of inner transformation. Our programs and resources will help grow your consciousness, deepen your prayer practice, and strengthen your compassionate engagement with the world. Learn more about our resources, such as publications, podcasts, email series, and events at www.cac.org.